Welcome to the XY Advisor Podcast. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Both Zurich and OnePath life insurance offerings deliver the broadest range of offerings in the market with a combined four distinct solutions on offer to better serve all Australians. At Zurich and OnePath, we believe in the value of advice and the professionals who provide it. This means investing in more ways to help your clients and making it easier for you to do business with us. To find out more about how we can help you and your clients, contact your Zurich and OnePath life or Zurich Investments representative today. G'day, Clayton here from XY Advisor, chatting with Eric. Mate, how are you? Good, how are you? Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Considering everything that's going on, uh, not too yep. bad. Yeah, not, no complaints. Um, it's kind of interesting for professional services. We can, we, we're a little bit more set up to sort of, you know, ebb and flow with, uh, with something like a quarantine than, than, say, a lot of other professionals. So, uh, yeah, not I've got a pretty sunny disposition considering, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was a little bit concerned that the whole world was going to fall apart. <laughs> so as a part of this 10-part mental health series, um, we're interviewing a bunch of experts in the field um, and we're interviewing a handful of advisors, which, which we often do. And you were uh, one of the advisors that we wanted to speak to. Can you sort of give us a little bit of a background to your, your your experience so far? My experience so far has been, in this little period, has been mixed. I've got one some people that are quite upbeat about it all and I've got others that are down in the dumps. But, you know, the I must say that being local here in the Southern Highlands, we've had the bushfires this summer. Now we've had COVID-19. And, yeah, some people around here are doing it tough, really tough mentally. You know, first we were blanketed in smoke. It looked like uh, London in a, in a good fog. Um, and now we are sort of going, there's no one on the streets. So, <laughs> <laughs> back then there wasn't either and now there isn't either. So, we've, you know, it's, it's sort of, yeah, people have been sort of hit hard here. Yeah. Um, and I think you know we, we've got to we've got to make sure I think as advisor that we our mental health stays good. We look after ourselves because only then can we actually help others. Yes, there's there's certainly that, um, and I've had some great conversations with you know a couple other people during the series um, about how to sort of help you, your mental health and remaining sort of mentally fit. Um, but it can be a little bit hard, especially if everyone is going around, you know, if everyone's sort of surrounding you and your clients are going through tough times. Um, one of the things that we were speaking about before we started was the idea that for as much as an advisor can, can give, uh, I guess, you would say like emotional security uh, in terms of, you know, that, that feeling of comfort, um, in terms of their long-term goals, you know, because we play a weird role in society. We, yeah. we sort of, you know, link the present and the future and sort of, you know, lay uh, problems to, you know, to, to, to feel like they're more secure. But um, when things get super bad, 
right? Let, let's say a client um, needs to claim on insurance, like mental, mental problems, and um, that they need to claim on income protection. Yeah. One of the things that you were speaking about before we got started was the knowledge that for as much value advisors can give, that we should still be aware that there are professionals to sort of take the, the load, the majority of the load off our tables. Um, That's right. Yeah. Um, I, as I said to you before, I mean, it's, it's more a question that we, um, if we notice that there, uh, there is a client with um, a, 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 an issue, it's more a question that we are busy with triage, assessing and then saying to them, I think you need support i can help you with your your financial side but i can't help you with the other side i'd like to i'll support you but i can't i don't professionally can't do that because they will see themselves very much as a victim of it all and you can't be their rescuer if you want to call it that um, because that's going to cause you uh, issues as well in your, in your mental health. I'll give an example. Yesterday I was speaking to a client. Um, I always find it funny, the ones with more money they've got, the more they worry about it um, sometimes. And she, I could definitely tell on the, on the Zoom meeting that she was struggling. So... I just was talking about her portfolio, this, you know, what we were doing and how the investment, what the investment managers were doing, et cetera, to her. And at the end of it, I said, you know, I think really that you should go and speak to someone and help support you through this. Um, because I said, um, you know, it would be a good idea just to, to clear everything in your mind, get rid of some of the clutter that's in there, um, some of the fake news, some of the conspiracy theories. <laughs> uh, and I said, you know, and, and, and please just turn off that, that uh, news feed. Mm. You know, just if you want something, you turn, turn on something that's nice, uh, music, meditate, yoga. Um, she lives in an apartment complex. I said, you could also go swimming in your, you know, the pool there. I said, because there's no one, you know, um, you just check out if there's anyone else there or keep one and a half metres distance and you'll be okay. And, and it, I saw a smile start to come back on her face. She didn't look as worried. But I did feel afterwards myself that if I had gone even further with her, that I would have been very drained myself and that, you know, that wouldn't be any good. So as advisor, you need to know when you need to sort of triage, you've got to say, you know, go talk to someone else. Yeah. I, I certainly sort of tipped into caring too often, a bit too yeah. much too often. Um, and I mean, it's not like I was a psychologist having to deal with the worst problems in the world. Um, thank God, you know, I was just dealing with, I guess, clients desire to live a better life. So it was always skewed to the, to the positive, but then if I couldn't solve something, it, it would sort of get me down. Have you ever found yourself, um, I guess, you know, feeling like the role of a financial planner is overwhelming for you? 
Um, there have been a couple of times, yeah. Not so much for the, the financial planning side, the money side. It's more the, the, the other side of things. Um, when, when, because you are dealing with people's emotions, beliefs, all of those type of things, you know. The, the, the thing is, you know, at the beginning, this client, you know, yesterday, she goes, I'm going to lose all my money. And I said to her, no, you're only going to lose it if you sell everything at the moment. Then you've lost. You've got to sit tight. I said, it's going to be like a roller coaster ride, but sit tight, please. And I said, if you, if you do sell anything at the moment, because she's got huge capital gains in her portfolio, I said, you're going to only be paying the tax office. <laughs> she just chuckled. He said, oh, no, we don't want to do that. <laughs> so I got a laugh out of her with that one. So Yeah, at the very least, get her, get her, get her into pension phase. My God. It, well, she is with part of her portfolio and the other part isn't. So. Oh, no, absolutely. She's, uh, she's got to take it. good advice, mate. Um, well, okay, so, I mean, it's a, it is an interesting time and we're definitely going to be dealing with uh, more clients suffering from sort of, if nothing else, just mental exhaustion with everything that's gone on so far yeah. this year. Um, were you advising back at the GFC? I was advising already back in October 1987. Oh, Jesus. Uh, hey, I've seen it all. So you started... Only a blip on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> so you started your career during the 87 crash. Oh, before, just before that. Oh my God. So you, you really had a baptism of fire. And then, so, but by the time GFC came around, you laughed that off. Oh yeah, I laughed that one because I'd already seen Iraq war, Kuwait, oil crisis, you name it. (laughs) You've done that. That's sensational. You know. (laughs) So, uh, so, so for example, when your client today was saying, you know, I, I feel like I got to sell. You said, you know, you can look at them and say, well, that's what my 1987 clients said. And they've made, you know, umpteen times their yeah. amount of money. Oh, that is such a fantastic you sort of... You out the old graph of the Australian, you know. Yeah. You know, look, this is what happens. Mate, that, that's awesome. Um, are, are you finding this time around, just because it's due to a uh, medical sort of silent... You know, it, it's, a, it's a weird kind of problem, a pandemic, because, uh, you know, the financial system is suffering due to not so much a systemic financial problem this time. It's due to a health crisis, which is causing a freeze to the general economy. Um, are you finding that there is more grief this time around with the client's than previous or is it almost identical um i would say there is a bit more grief because the, the grief is now associated with people dying um rather than you know sort of financial collapse of some sort um i think there's people dying there's people that are sick you know and i think that's an added factor on top of everything but to be really honest, I don't think that the, the market correction is not only due to COVID-19. I think it was coming and COVID-19 has actually just triggered it, okay? 
Because if you look at, since the GFC, if you look at where share markets have gone, they've gone to all-time highs again, right? And then when, when you're talking about uh, multiples of, you know, whatever, it's got to come back sometime again. Absolutely. When, 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 when everyone is rushing to the table to, to, to eat at the trough, as I call it, right, um, suddenly all the, 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 the diners leave, then is actually the time to buy. <laughs> hands, hands down. I mean, I was looking at, um, there's a, an ETF out there that basically mimics with relative accuracy the price of oil. Yeah. Right? So I'm looking at this price of oil ETF going, uh, there's probably never been a better time to stock up on, on oil. On oil. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think our government's doing it, you know? <laughs> I don't like Angus Taylor. He's my, you know, sort of my federal MP, but, you know, and I go, he's got it right. Let's stock up on the old oil. Absolutely. Well, they're paying you to take it off their hands at this stage. It's insane. Yeah. Oh, good. Poor old Arabs, they've got too much of it now. Yeah, exactly. I think considering the size of their checkbooks, I think they'll do all right for a fair while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Just getting back into the um, the mental health. Do you have you seen over the course of your career since 1987? Have you seen mental health become a larger problem in Australian society, or is it you know is is it the same? You know, I think it's actually become more talked about. Thank right. goodness, it's always been there. It's never been very well recorded because you didn't talk about it. Um, and if someone was down, you know, they were told to get over it. And quite often that had uh, disastrous consequences. Um, but I think it's always been there. Um, and just now is more talked about. And I wish it was actually even more talked about. Interesting. What, what would you add or what would you like to see added to the conversation? Well, I, I, I go, I just, you know, you, the guy goes down to the pub he talks about sport, women, whatever, you know, whatever money, you know. Business, yeah. Yeah, business, whatever, but never talks about his emotions, that he's worried about something because you don't do that, right? You take a group of women, they go to the cafe or the pub, and what do they talk about? <laughs> Everything, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's total different. Now, at Christmas time, I was back in, in Holland and, you know, went out with friends and whatever. They talk about everything, male and female. They just, you know, about their worries, about the this, about the that, you know. Um, and sport hardly comes into it. Mm. Uh, women still come into it, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and men for the women, you know, is all, you know. Of course, of course. It's, it's a different, it's a different um, you know, the emotions are, are played out. They're not stored up inside. Where it, or, or where it can cause a problem. And I think that's, you see, I think you see that too in, in, in what you've been seeing, those, those videos from, from Italy, for example. You know, in a town where you see all these people on their balconies in lockdown, all outside singing, making music, dancing on the balcony, you know, uh, still getting together. Um, and I think that's the problem at the moment because of our distances here. There's not enough getting together. Zoom has done a lot for a lot of people. 
um, that they still have social contact, um, but it's a lot of people don't have any social contact. Um, so I've made it a point of sending out a, well, just a, um, an email every week to my clients. And that, and that email is not necessarily about money. Um, it's some other thought-provoking idea or, you know, sort of um, how about we see this as a whole new start to whatever we're doing. Um, or I just go, oh, I've heard there's some great online yoga and meditation and, you know, or I send them a music clip, you know, something just to, just to say that I'm, the, you know, and then always sign off. If you want to have a chat, just give me a call. And I think that's important. Um, I'm really interested in, because uh, I feel like, um, you know, being Dutch and, and being more comfortable speaking about uh, emotions, um, I'm interested to maybe dive into how how you would talk to your clients about uh, their, their mental health and about how to go get help. So you, you, you alluded to it earlier, but... Mm-hmm. Um, that would be really tricky for me. And maybe that's just because I'm, you know, like a sixth generation Aussie or whatever it is. And it's just, it's just been bred into me, but I would, I would really struggle to uh, tell a client like that they, that they should go see someone. Now, do you have people that you recommend? Yeah. Uh, So, so you have, um, existing relationships with counselors or psychologists that you trust and that you uh, on when, when appropriate hand on the, now do you do a, uh, and I want to get really sort of operational here. Do you do an email introduction or do you, do you facilitate a meeting between the three of you or, or like how one to 10, how much of your emotional capacity do you put into that? I guess, exchange i don't attend any of that right that's up to the client and the and the and the counselor psychologist whoever um i have a number of people people that i do work with who i trust and and because everyone will will need someone different you can't just have one counselor or psychologist because i i myself have used many a time in the past already i mean you know and I've gone through difficult times. I've sat down with a counsellor and a uh, psychologist to, you know, chat things through, um, just unburdened. And um, I think that's what you've got to um, say to a client that, that you think that they need to unburden a bit um, and it would be good if they spoke to someone um, about it. That can happen anonymously over a, a phone call initially if they want or that can happen um you know by by ringing up say um beyond blue or lifeline or you know someone like that um but then it's it's i try and encourage them just to have a chat with uh, my uh, local friend um and say i've said you know and tell them that i've used him before Ah, right. So that's how you make it sound less offensive. Yeah. Or is you say, hey, this is someone that I've used in the yeah. past to unburden myself yeah. um, when I've gone through X, Y, Z. 
with what you're talking to me about, um, we can only sort of handle that so far. You're probably not going to have any better conversations with your mates outside of this meeting. So why wouldn't you maybe speak to this person? I can facilitate an introduction um, or here is their details, but I've got to, so that's a really nice way of doing it because you know, I always like to try to figure out how to frame something before I use it. For example, a really sort of like not important topic, but you know, when someone's got something in their teeth, right. And they're having a conversation, <laughs> right. I, I, it just took me a long time to figure out how to bring that up because if you stop the conversation, right, let's say there's two or three, maybe four people talking and you say, Oh, um, you've got something in your teeth. It's a really weird thing where even though you're being really polite to help them, you know, not embarrass themselves and obviously everyone can see, it's almost like you're breaking the social taboo by saying, hey, you've got something in your teeth, right? And so it's almost like drawing attention to it is worse than ignoring it where it's impossible to ignore. And so it, 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 I, I figured out after many years of thinking about this very trivial thing, um, the best way to say it is, you know, like you're having a conversation and you say, Hey, do I have anything in my teeth? And they go, no. And you go, because you do, you know, and so you can, you can kind of turn it into a bit of a joke. You don't have that problem being Dutch. We just <laughs> say, you've got something between your teeth. Yeah. Lean over and just exactly. uh, maybe, maybe it's the other <laughs> way around. Maybe There's a problem I've had over the years that because we're horribly honest sometimes, um, <laughs> not into niceties always like that. Um, you know, that, that, you know, that's a very good point. Else, but at the other people at the same time. Yeah, maybe Australians are too emotional and too sensitive that we can't talk about this stuff. You know, that's very interesting. But so, so I basically, you know, this very trivial is something in your teeth thing. But I figured out how to handle this thing, and I, I always like to try to figure out the framing. So even you know, I did a podcast uh, series about ethical uh, investments in them. I kept asking, I wanted to know how to bring up ethical investing because the last thing you want to do is say to a client, hey, do you want to ethically invest? Because then they go, whether they say yes or no, you're sort of left in a weird position. So basically the the little trick that I learned to bring up that topic is to say, hey, when you do shopping or anything like that, do you make, do you you go out of your way to buy caged eggs or not caged eggs? Or like, do you you have, you know, buying preferences Uh, with your regular groceries. And then from there, that then opens up a conversation and you can sort of enter into that, that theme without bringing it up, you know, in a, in a, in a uncomfortable manner. But I like, so I really like the way that you're able to do this with, uh, with mental health, because if you feel like you should be saying something, um, you can say something like, Hey, look, I've used this person or, or this is the type of thing that I've done when I'm in, when I've been in your position, you should look at that. That is such a good way to bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually think everyone should go and have a, a session, um, especially in our industry. Hmm. Cause I, I mean, my talking about mental health started off when, when, uh, when I heard via, Emily, that uh, there was, you know, this great number of, of suicides amongst financial advisors. And I said, well, what can we do? What We need to do something because we can't have 
them under the stress of, you know, fascia, phasia, whatever you want to call that thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, which suddenly is being thrown overboard because accountants can give, you know, advice freely <laughs> again. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's all, it, we, we've had to cope with that. You know, then some of us had to cope with bushfires. Then some of us had to, you know, but before that maybe drought. Uh, and now this COVID-19 thing. And, and, and I just go, I reckon every, every financial advisor should actually go and lie on a couch for the, you know, couple of hours and have a chat. That's a, a very, that's a very, very, very good point. And I mean, <clears throat> because it wears you down after a while. And if you don't do something about it, see, I, 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 I meditate, I do yoga, I exercise, um, and I go home to a beautiful place where I just stare out at the paddocks. Um, but you know, if you don't do something to, to rest your mind, it starts churning. And, and then when it starts churning, then that's when you start, yeah. When you start getting difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. I, a few years ago, um, I wrote a book and a part of that book was a lot of research into, um, just, you know, like the final financial planning process in general, it, it, ha you know, you help your clients through many different phases of their life, you know, yeah. today and tomorrow and everything like that. And one of the things that I sort of ducked into as you often do when you got to bloody fill 50,000 words is, um, you, know, you explore every single angle. And at one stage I remember writing a little bit about, um, the skills required to, uh, and this was, I read it out of a book called The Happiness Trap. It was a really interesting concept, which is uh, your general resilience and what works well um, on a 99% of the time basis. Like your day-to-day, -day, get up and go. When something gets you down, you just, you know, you just put your backpack back on and put one foot in front of the other and you just, you overcome the, the mental hurdle. And obviously we all do this. Otherwise we'd still be crying about not getting the lollipop when we're one year old, right? Yeah. Like we, we, we all have this innate ability, but that ability backfires and works against you when there is something of legitimate concern. Yeah. And when something is legitimately bad, that strategy is actually really, really bad um, to use when something's legitimately bad. And so you, and it becomes a spiral because you go, I'm so accustomed to getting over something. However, the thing that I'm coming up against, uh, I can't move past because it's legitimately bad. And then, so you try again and then you get knocked back again. And then at each knockback, it becomes almost more intense. And so, uh, that was a really interesting part in, in that research was that identifying the moments in time, which are of genuine concern that you cannot simply move by or past to say, hold up, I'm going to stop for a second here. And I'm going to actually talk to someone who can help me navigate because yeah. there is a way to navigate, but it's hard to find. And as humans, we don't spend that time figuring out how to do that navigation of those peculiar you could call them one-off or rare events in life. And so the skill set we have is excellent. We, you can't operate without it. However, it's your enemy when it comes to legitimate concerns. So, uh, so learn, you know, 
having, I guess, the discipline to talk to someone when that moment in time is necessary is something that we all just, I, I agree with you, we just need to get over and we need to go do when we arrive at that point. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I, I know having been through, you know, um, there are two points in my life where, where it was, I was pretty down low. And um, I recognize now for myself, if I'm getting, you know, if the battery is getting a little low again, okay, um, it, it, my body now knows you know, um, the signs of being, you know, not sleeping well, um, sort of being on a bit on autopilot, you know, you get out of bed, you have your breakfast, you go, yeah, not really caring what I look like. And, and you just feel overwhelmed. And that's when I know I can more or less triage myself and say, right, Eric, you need to, you know, pick up the phone have a chat to whoever um, and I do that for myself. Don't let it get out of hand. Mm. Um, and I think that's where we've got to, I sometimes believe, um, you know, it just came to me just a little bit earlier, this ethics course that we've got to do an exam, I mean, I think it's all nonsense. Um, but we should actually be doing a, um, a, a better counselling uh, course that should be included in our training so that we can actually triage and know how to handle, you know, people who are, you know, experiencing mental health issues. That's a very interesting concept. Um, so what you're saying is a way to improve financial advice would be to actually for all of us to get training on how to do a better job at identifying when someone needs uh, help. And then yeah. also being, and so from there being in a position to, hand them on. So, and yeah. you're exactly right. You know, when, when I had my business, I had all of my experts, my centers of influence, if you want to call it that, but I didn't have a psychologist. Oh. I didn't, I didn't have one. And that all, you know, and this conversation is bringing to light, that was a massive hole, you know, in, in my offering because I tried to, you know, offer a full service, but I was not equipped to be able to hand people on to, to psychologists. And I, I should have been. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's it's because we we get we get to see as as a financial advisor a lot of um, times when 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 people are under stress financially, uh, mentally, uh, when, when there's there's sickness, um, when there's disability, when there's death, um, then you know. Um, Oh, there's divorce and there's marriage and there's all those other issues that we, you know, people come to us around. And I think it's it's important that we are able to not just put on the uh, the smile and say it's all going to be okay. Um, don't 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 you worry about that. I'll take care of it. No, because that's not always what people actually want to hear. They want guidance through it all as well. Um, and they want to know that you've got empathy for what they're going through um, if it's a bad situation. You know, someone comes to me, there was a, a client a while back, she's getting a divorce, it's a long drawn out affair. And, and to me, they're both wrong, but anyway, <laughs> in the drawn out business. 
And um, I said, you know, she said, oh, but Eric, you know, and I said, look, I've had two divorces. I know all about it. <laughs> and she goes, two? I said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> and she goes, oh, so you know what I'm going through? And I go, yep. Um, and I said, you know, you got to go and make sure that you use, use. And I told her too to go and talk to someone to to for a counsellor, not just to her solicitor or her girlfriends who would tell her to take him to the cleaners, um, but you know to talk to to someone else just to unload about it all, which she did. Yeah, thanked me later for for that because at the same time what happened, um, her mother had to go into aged care, right? So the problem, there was another problem heaped on there. Yeah. So, you know, you, you've got to make sure that people are, yeah, mentally resilient, if you want to call it, but you, could, you have to be yourself too. And, and it, it's okay with me because well, I, I can, you know, speak, having gone through a lot in my own life, you know, I have, I have gone, I've witnessed things and uh, therefore I think, you know, I can show empathy in a lot of situations and I can recognise. Um, but I think for, for younger advisors, that's a bit more difficult if they haven't gone through some life experiences and, and, and you know, they can't, you know, I'm glad that doesn't all happen to them. Um, it, it's sort of, you know, you've got, that's why the training would actually be good to, to, to be able to not just say, oh, I'll fix that for you, um, because that's not necessarily what they want. They want a peace of mind and a plan, not just financially a plan forward, but a whole life plan forward. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's almost interesting that no industry body has attempted or product has, <clears throat> has approached this exact issue that we're talking about because if we if we have a think about you know the rise of mental health problems the rise of mental health claims you know yeah. the the effect that you know uh that this is having on the insurance industry as a whole to the point that APRA had to turn up and say whoa 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 like it's yeah. it's about to fall over if you guys don't sort of rein this in it's interesting that no one's sort of looked at it and said actually if we better equipped advisors to be able to handle these conversations Maybe, you know, maybe we can help reduce the amount of uh, mental health problems that's going on in Australia. It's a huge topic, and yeah. I think we could spend an hour on that. But you know, um, Because financial stress is, is at the top, you know, of, of, of causes for, for, for issues, and, and yet we, and we play in that space. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're probably one of the first to know if this is going to be a huge problem or not. Yeah, that's right. Mate, that's a really good insight. I can't thank you more for coming on and sharing with us. I, I'm really stoked that, that we were able to, to grab some time from you. Um, for, for the advisors out there that just want to reach out and say hi, how do they oh, – you're on – I know you're on XY. Uh, yeah. Is there – you know, you're on LinkedIn as well? Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. And it's going to be a whole new – virtual me appearing very soon too so <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm interested to learn more there, there's there's some a really good marketing strategist that i've that i've got is working on on all of that as well 
where, where do we go to find out when it's released? Yeah, well, I'll let you guys know. Okay, done and done, mate. Well, yep. enjoy the rest of uh, rest of your day. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate right. it. Okay, see you later. Cheers, mate. Bye.